Hey, welcome to the Fit Life Podcast. I am your host, Angela Derrick. I am actually a NASM certified macronutrition coach. I'm also an emotional eating and sabotage specialist when it comes to dieting. And I have a background with amateur bodybuilding plus 20 plus years of just figuring out, nerding out on fat loss and nutrition and trying to figure out the best strategies for women who just want to be able to live their best health and live in their best bodies and have their outside match how they feel on the inside. So if that's you, you are in exactly the right place. And today I really want to dive into this myth that carbs are bad for you. So today's podcast is all about the truth about carbs personally, because I'm sick of those poor carbs getting a bad rap. It seems like everywhere I go, everything I see on TV, even stuff I see on social media, conversations I have with friends or people even at church, it's like everyone wants to start a diet program. And the first thing they say is, oh, I have to cut out the carbs. Or the next thing I hear is, oh, those are so bad for you. These carbs are so bad. Or I, the bread, I eat bread. And it's so bad for me. I hear these comments all the time. And it just makes me want to jump out of my skin and crawl, you know, crawl the walls or something. I just want to start screaming and foaming at the mouth and yelling. I'm so passionate. Not because of them. They just don't know. But because that's not entirely true and it's not fair. It's not fair to them that suddenly they have to feel like they have to deprive themselves in order to meet this weight loss goals. And it's not fair to the carbs because the carbs could actually be their superpower, their best friend to help them get this weight off. So that's why I want to get into busting these myths about carbs because people are afraid to, to eat carbs, number one, because they've been sold this idea that as soon as you eat the carb, it's going to go straight to your hips. So they won't eat the pasta. They shy away from that stuff. They won't eat bread or rice or potatoes or anything like that. They're afraid that the minute they eat it, it's going to turn right into fat and it's going to just sit on their hips from that moment on. Not true at all. Absolutely no truth to this. I'm going to be debunking that in a second. So you can feel more confident next time you say, no, I'm going to have the bread. Okay. Second reason people kind of get weird about carbs is they have this belief that if they eat too much sugar or they eat too many carbs every single day and they do it all the time, they're going to get diabetes. Okay. Well, it's not entirely true. Doesn't totally work that way. Um, and I'm going to explain how people do become diabetic here in a second, but just eating carbs alone or just eating sugar alone isn't the thing that makes you a diabetic. And I'm going to explain why. Other people are afraid of carb addiction because they feel like, oh, if they start to eat the carbs, I won't be able to stop. And then it's going to be this vicious cycle of constant cravings. Well, it's not necessarily, okay, sugar can create cravings if you're eating the carbs out of balance. But the truth is, if you eat anything out of balance, you're going to create cravings. So it's not just because of sugar. It's because you're eating out of balance. And we're going to talk about that today as well. And then there's that fear that kind of goes along with the with the weight gain and the diabetes that, oh, well, insulin resistance. I've gained weight because I clearly have insulin resistance or the weight's not coming off because I'm insulin resistant. And if I eat carbs, that's going to spike my blood sugar and I'm going to have an insulin response and I'm going to crash afterwards. Well, unless you are specifically a diabetic or pre-diabetic, that isn't necessarily true either. And there are, even for diabetics, even for people with PCOS, even for people who have been proven to be insulin resistant, there are strategies that we can use 
that you can harness the power of carbs and how they can help you lose weight and help your metabolism without having all of the adverse side effects. My father was a type two diabetic and he was also a vegan. He had to be for his heart. <laughs> so what do you do if you can't have any fat and you're type two diabetic? Well, believe it or not, there are ways that you can eat carbs, even as a diabetic and the type of carb you eat and still have them help you help your body. And by the way, he ended up losing a lot of weight when he started eating a lot of carbs. So they, they don't necessarily work against you. So I want to take a step back for a second. And I want to explain why are carbs important? Like, what's the deal? Why do we even have to eat them, right? There are essential fatty acids, right? So fat is an essential macronutrient. And there are essential proteins, like BCAAs, those are proteins, are essential amino acids, things like that. Amino acids are proteins, okay? And that's what makes up you, everything that you have on your body, your hair, your nails, your skin, all the cells, that's all protein. You're made up of protein. So we know that fat is uh, essential. We know that protein is essential, but carbs, there's no such thing as an essential carb. So why would I even want to eat them? Why, do, why are they even important? Well, number one, Carbs are your body's primary source of energy. Contrary to what keto marketers and keto diets like to tell you, yes, your body, it was designed and developed optimally to utilize plants and carbohydrates as the source for your energy. So when carbs are consumed, they get broken down into glucose, and that is what is used by your body to produce the energy that you need to be able to function every single day. And this energy is essential for all bodily functions, including physical energy and brain function. Your brain prefers to use glucose. Your brain also needs about 40% of the calories that you take in every single day in order to function. So running your brain and thinking is actually very expensive for your body. And your brain prefers to have glucose to be able to do all the heavy lifting with the thinking and the functioning of your brain. So carbs help you keep that brain functioning optimally allowing for clear thinking, cognitive function. I know kind of the opposite of what you hear. Oh, stop eating carbs and the brain fog will go away. Well, once again, it depends on how you eat the carbs and what you combine it with. So carbs can actually clear up your head. Um, I actually get foggy brained when I don't have enough carbs. I just get to the point where I can't think anymore. I can't make decisions. I feel tired. And this is something that having the optimal amount of carbs for you and your body is going to help you with your cognitive function. It also assists in exercise performance. There's a reason why bodybuilders, when they're lifting heavy things in the gym, when athletes are training on the football field or you know running or doing all the things, they're most, I, mean, I, I really can't think of any people that are purely keto that are doing that kind of thing. I'm sure there's a handful. I'm sure you could find me somebody and send them to me and email them to me or, or bring them to my attention. But in general, all of the athletic performance people that I've ever been around, known and all the athletic programs I've ever seen or been involved in, carbs are part of the strategy. Why? Because you perform better. They provide that that energy, that explosive energy so that you can, you know, you can run faster, you can lift heavier, you can go harder. That's what's glycogen in your muscles. So that when, when you need to lift a car off of somebody or something crazy like that, that's all glycogen in your muscles that's being used to be able to activate. And so eating carbohydrates is what's going to improve your performance and delay the onset of fatigue. And then there's digestive benefits. Listen, carbohydrate rich, rich foods, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, guess what they're also rich in? Fiber. 
guess what you're not going to find in fat if you're using fat as your primary source for fuel? Fiber. There really isn't, unless you're talking about like a coconut, which is a fruit, or an avocado, also a fruit, things like that, which also have carbs in them, by the way. Um, you're really, you're not going to take a stick of butter and find any fiber in there. You're not going to take um, pure oil, even pure coconut oil, which is wonderful for you, but there's no fiber in it, right? So if you're eating a carbohydrate rich um, diet, if you're eating carbs every single day, you're actually going to get be getting your daily dietary need of fiber instead of having to supplement it, which is what people that are doing like Atkins and keto and stuff like that, they often have to do. They have to take some extra fiber in their drinks, or they have to eat these fake keto bars that cancel out the carbs by giving them extra, extra fiber, which is kind of fake, right? You're actually eating the fiber when you're eating fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and the things that you were originally designed to eat along with the protein and the fat. And fiber is essential for digestive health, for helping you, um, for helping your gut, for helping all of your other digestive systems. Um, they prevent constipation. It prevents hemorrhoids, all these wonderful things. Fiber also helps you lose weight. And um, last but certainly not least, carbs can actually help you control your blood sugar, which I know sounds like complete contrarian because you've always been told to cut carbs to control the blood sugar. But actually when you're eating carbs, especially ones that are low on the glycemic index, like whole grains and beans and low glycemic fruits, uh, they can actually help you regulate your blood sugar levels and prevent the spikes and the crashes that will happen when, when you're eating like high sugary, dense type, you know, like I'm thinking of frosting on cake. Like every, every time I eat that really super rich and creamy buttercream, like I get this sugar rush <laughs> and it just like sends me. Yeah. Well, guess what? Eating the right combination of carbs, low glycemic carbs, fiber rich carbs is how I like to think of it. Nature made carbs, carbs that you're going to find in nature that don't have a nutrition label on it. Something that grows in nature that didn't come from a plant like um, buttercream I've seen, you know, that type of stuff is going to be able to help you control your blood sugar way better. And then they're also going to contain a lot of micronutrients, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin K, vitamin B, all of these things that are going to go into iron and uh, folic acid and all these little tiny little micronutrients that your body needs every single day. When you're getting a good balance of carbs and you're taking that in because you're eating a variety of grains and, and vegetables and fruits and things like that, you're going to be getting the micronutrients that your body needs to optimally be able to function as well. So carbs have so many amazing benefits, not to mention they balance your hormones, not to mention they improve your mood, not to mention um, how it's used for you to be able to get ATP development in your cells, which is what's going to give you energy. There are so many different ways that carbohydrates interact with your body in order to make your body function better. So if they're so good for you, why are people so afraid of eating them? Because they've been sold this false belief that carbs are easy to overeat, and because they're easy to overeat, they're all filled with sugar, they're all bad. And if you eat them, they're going to spike your blood sugar and you're going to crash and you're going to get addicted to them and you're going to be in this horrible, horrible cycle. And it's not the carbs alone that do this. So that's why I don't think that it's very fair to demonize all carbs or to lump everything into that category. What normally creates this crazy cycle where your blood sugar is going all over the place and it's crashing and it's spiking and you're getting addicted and stuff like that is carbs plus fat. Carbohydrates plus fat 
tends to do this when they get paired up. Now, I want to kind of qualify that because it's not something like, oh, I ate some pasta and I had some almonds with it. I don't know that you would want to put those together, but that's not what I'm talking about. When you look at something like a cake, right? Cake has fat and it has a lot of sugar and carbs. So when you're looking at the nutritional um, breakdown of something like a sweet sugary cake or a birthday cake with buttercream frosting or something that's going to make you really feel like, whoo, I'm going to get a sugar high from this. There's a lot of fat in there. There's a lot of, of, of just pure sugar in there. They combine together, low fiber, okay, processed, highly processed, no protein, no protein in there hardly at all. And when you eat a lot of stuff like that, the carbs plus the fat that's actually what's going to start to create this overload in your system and overload your blood sugar and overload everything. Fat is actually really easy to overeat. It's the most dense uh, macronutrient. You do need it, but you don't need a lot of it. And fat tastes really good. So it's really easy to pour a ton of butter into something. I mean, think of the baked goods. They have ton- Think of like Paula Deen's. She got skinny now, so she probably doesn't eat her own cooking anymore. I've been to her restaurants. Like if you're to go to a Southern cooking place or something like that, you've got a lot of carbs. And then what makes those carbs taste good? A lot of fat, a lot of butter, a lot of fried, a lot of this and that. So when we're looking at this bad cycle and what's going to overload your system, it's a lot of carbs plus a lot of grease, a lot of fat, and you're overeating it. It tastes good. I'm also thinking of like when I, <laughs> this is an occasional vice of mine, when I'm not paying attention and I'm drinking a lot of wine and then I want a lot of cheese and I just keep having wine and then I eat more cheese and I drink more wine and I have more cheese. And then maybe I have some olives and I, not that any of them are bad in and of themselves, but man, it's really easy for me to overdo it, to do way too much with the carbs and the wine and stuff, and then way too much with the cheese. I could eat 2000 calories and just cheese alone, plus the wine, if I'm just sitting down and doing that. This is the type of overload scenario that's creating diabetes. This is what's creating all the weight gain. This is what's making it really easy for you to overeat what your body needs because both carbs and fat are fuels. So your body's going to use them both as fuel. And that's why what we need to do is we need to balance out the nutrition. So you're eating the optimal amount of carbs and you're keeping the fat in its proper balance against those carbs with the protein. And that's what's going to really help your body feel good, enable you to eat yummy carbs and eat them pretty much freely or be able to eat more of them, but not overdo it. When you're eating carbs just by themselves, it takes a lot of carbs to really fill you up. Like think about Chinese food. That's the whole joke with Chinese food, right? That you eat and then you feel full and then you're hungry two hours later. Well, that's what ends up happening with carbs when you don't have a lot of fat and and extra protein to go with it. If it's just a pure carb, you're going to eat it. You're going to be satisfied for like an hour and then your body's going to store it and put it to the places it has to go and then say, okay, we need more food. (laughs) Like what's next? I'm hungry again, right? Because carbs get processed very easily um, as fuel and they get stored easily as fuel, not as fat. They get stored as fuel first. And it only has four calories worth of, of, of inside one gram of carbohydrate versus nine calories inside of a gram of fat, which gets stored easily into your fat cell. It's already fat. So fat within four hours gets put into a fat cell if you have more than enough of it. So that's easy to store and it doesn't have to travel anywhere in your body. But 
Carbs, on the other hand, have to be transformed and they actually have to go to several additional places before they could ever end up in a fat cell. And that's kind of the journey I want to help you understand here and help you visualize and see, because if we're going to choose one or the other, carbs versus fat, because you never want them both to be high. That's the recipe for overload and diabetes, high fat, high carb. That's what's going to give you all of the issues, the fat storage, the, the spiking of the insulin, the, um, the, the diabetes onset, constantly overloading, flooding your system with more than it needs all the time, especially if you're eating it all in one sitting and you just keep you know, eating and eating and binging and binging or overeating in one sitting with the fat and the carbs, right? That's what creates that. So if we're not going to create that, what do we do? Well, we got to choose a carb or a fat to be your dominant fuel. Okay. There are specific medical situations where I would say, yeah, we probably want to, you know, prioritize more fat, but these are specific, very specific medical conditions that I wouldn't want to know that you have specifically that we need to mitigate. And that's why we're using that strategy. Can it work? Sure. People clearly have lost weight doing keto and things like that. But unless you're wanting to live that way for the whole rest of your life and make it your religion, it's something that once you get off of it, you're, I mean, it's easy to gain back the weight. And it's 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 one of those things where it's easy to get them out of bounds again. And then you're blaming the carbs again. And then you've got to pull them all out again. It's 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 much easier to be able to incorporate both fats and carbs in their proper balance so that you can have this whole balanced life instead of having to just completely cut out a whole food group in order for that to work. So if I prioritize carbs in my diet and I've decided I want to balance everything using a high carb diet, I don't have to cut out fat completely. I just have to make sure it's in its proper ratio and, and put it in its proper place, balancing it against the protein. So in order for you to really understand why I like to prioritize carbs as the fuel instead of fat, I like to go through how does this work in your body? Because if you're going to make that decision for yourself to either do a high carb or a high fat diet to get the weight off, I want you to have the information. I want you to decide based upon how things actually work in your body so that you can think it through and decide, well, is this something that I want to commit to or is this something that that I, I want to do it this way versus that way? So the way carbs get processed in your body, they, okay, you eat, let's say you eat some bread, okay? You eat a piece of bread. First place that it goes is obviously to your stomach, all right? So the digestive process starts when you chew it and when it starts to go into your stomach and it starts to get broken down there. Well, the goal is to break it down into glycogen. So after it's in your stomach and it starts to get broken down there, and, and, you know, you're, it's starting to get kind of carried into your blood system there. It's going to then go to your small intestine where it gets broken down and all those nutrients get filtered out even more. Okay. And then from your small intestine, it's actually going to, once it's broken down in the glycogen, it's going to go to your liver first. This is where most of your glycogen gets stored. Why does your body store glycogen in your liver? Well, because if you're not eating, you still need fuel. So right now I'm not eating a sandwich. Technically, I'm sitting here talking to you. Hard to eat and talk at the same time, right? So if I'm not actively eating, how does my body get fuel? Well, my body right now is pulling glycogen from my liver. That's how it continues to function and get the energy I need, just like your car, right? It's got a gas tank. So if your car's running, it has to pull gas from that tank to fire the, the engine and, and keep you going down the road. Well, my gas tank is my liver. 
And my body is pulling that glycogen out of my liver right now while I'm talking to you, because that takes energy and it's sending it to the places where I need so I can keep going. I can keep talking. I can keep thinking. I can keep processing. Okay. So the first place when you feed yourself and you provide yourself with more nutrition, more gas, like you're filling up your car, right? It's going to go into your liver. And that's the first stop for a carbohydrate. Now let's pretend for a second, your liver is full. Okay, because it, it it does have a limit to how much it's going to store there. And it says, nope, we're full with our glycogen needs. Send it away, right? Does it go to a fat cell then? No, it actually doesn't. The next place it goes to is in your muscles. How much of your body is made up of muscle? Uh, a good portion of it, your skeletal muscles to be exact. That's where that, those are additional places where glycogen is stored and that's where it's going to travel next into just to make sure that you've got all of your res, uh, reservoirs, all the reserves, all the cells that are going to be holding the glycogen in your muscle fibers, just to make sure that they have adequate amounts. Why? Because if you had to run from a bear or you had to lift a car off of your infant or any number of heroic things that might happen potentially in your life, you're going to need quick energy that your body can access just like that, that it'll be, oh, let me do it. Ooh, let me let me get the strength. Ooh, let me do this. Guess what you're activating when you go into the gym and you weight train? This is what you're activating. The glycogen stores in your muscles because to your body, when I'm lifting a heavy set of weights up over my head or I'm lifting a car off of somebody, it's the same motion. It's the same to your body. It doesn't know the difference. So it's activating that quick, need that energy quick. If you're sprinting, let's say you're doing HIIT training, you're doing sprints, or you watch sprinters in the Olympics or something, that's what they're activating, stored glycogen in their muscles, okay? Because they need it for that quick energy real fast to activate it right now. So that's the second stop that all of these carbs now in sugar form, glycogen, by the way, is pure sugar, <laughs> Okay. So if it's like, well, I don't know how much sugar is, well, all of all carbs are sugar. It's going to break down into sugar. It's just a question of how fast it's going to do it, whether it's a simple carb, like a high sugary carb or something, or if it's a complex carb with a lot of fiber, well, then it might take longer to break it down, but it all is going to go to glycogen. Glycogen is sugar. Sugar is going to be stored in your liver so that it can take it when I'm not doing anything in between meals. And then it's going to take it from my muscles when I'm having to um, uh, be very physical or exert myself phys physically very quickly or do something in an emergency situation, right? And then once all of those stores throughout my muscles are filled up and happy and, yep, we got all we need, then only then with whatever is remaining, the body will say, okay, well, we got some extra here. Let's turn it into fat. Let's put it into a flat fat cell. And it then has to transform the glycogen, package it in such a way that the fat cell can receive it and it can be stored there inside a fat cell. That whole process can take up to 72 hours, 72 hours, several days, several days. And by the way, your body can store about 2000 calories worth of glycogen in its body on reserve at any time. I'm not talking about 2,000 calories in a fat cell. I'm talking about 2,000 calories worth of pure sugar in your liver and in your muscles. So the chances of that carbohydrate that you ate, if you're not overeating it with a whole bunch of fat, if you're not overdoing it with a whole bunch of other things that are going to add to the caloric total that which are going to make you go over and above. And, and, you know, if let's say you're just eating rice until you're full, just plain rice, right? And then you get hungry again in two hours. Well, 
what happens is when you're full of that rice, it goes to all these places and chances are there's not going to be any left by the time it goes to all these stores because you're constantly pulling. Right now, I'm pulling from my glycogen stores in my liver as I'm talking to you. And if I go work out later, I'm pulling from my glycogen stores so I can lift the heavy weights and I'm sweating and things like that. So it's actually really hard to overfill the tank of glycogen when we're eating just pure carbs, especially if they're fiber-dense carbs, like what you would find in rice and grains and um, whole foods, vegetables, fruits, things like that. So it's actually really hard to overeat a pure carb. The way that we end up overeating is if we're taking those pure carbs and eating them, and then we're also eating overeating a lot of fat to go with it. I mean, Chinese food does have some fat in it if you're getting into some of the sauces and things like that. And that's what gets stored into a fat cell really fast. The pure carbs take several days to go through your body and, and go to the right places. But that yum yum sauce with all the fat content and everything, that's going into your fat cell within four hours. So that's the thing is, is when you're comparing a high carb diet to a high fat diet, you have to really be careful with the high fat diets because it's easy to overeat your fat needs. And yeah, is your body going to be, you know, taking out of the fat cells to get the energy? Yeah, eventually, because what has to happen is your body has to deplete you completely of glycogen first. And then it says, we have no more glycogen. What are we going to do? Oh no, we're in an emergency situation. We're going to have to make ketones and figure out how to convert the fat out of the fat cells. And that's why they're so popular. But this actually is a very stressful process for your body. It's It, it basically is telling your body, hey, I'm starving. We got to go to plan B. And that's why it works, but that's why it's also stressful and not really optimal for your body. Because as soon as you eat another carb or as soon as you get off of that and you're out of ketosis, what's your body going to do? It's going to try to refill all of those glycogen stores again because it's programmed to store glycogen. It is not programmed to stay in ketosis. That is something that you have to kind of take almost a religious stance on to make sure you never leave ketosis. You can never have a carb. You can, and then you got to get back into it. When it does, why? Because your body's default is to store glycogen. That's what makes it happy. That's what keeps it alive. So if we could just work with that system of glycogen, knowing that it's really hard to overeat all the stores of glycogen, I, I've got 2,000 calories that my body just wants to keep in reserve. So I would have to eat 2,000 calories more than what I need just in energy today in order to get that into a fat cell. That's a lot of food. In fact, they've done tests on this. They've done studies with athletes on can we make it so that they overeat their glycogen stores and how much would they have to eat in order to overeat the glycogen stores in their bodies in just pure um, carbohydrate. And what they found was, was these, now these are male athletes. Okay. So they're going to have higher, um, caloric needs than say, you know, your average woman, 40 year old woman, you know, sitting here. But what they were finding was these athletes were eating 4,000, 6,000 calories worth of carbs a day, and they still weren't able to fully get into their fat stores or significantly gain any additional fat, even eating that many carbs. So carbs are actually really hard to store as fat. And this is why bodybuilders, when they're getting ready for shows, and this is where I was at in my 20s and 30s as an amateur bodybuilder, when they're getting shredded, when they're getting into show shape, they're eating carbs. They're eating high, high protein, always, always eating high protein. That's for another show. They're eating uh, mostly protein. Protein's number one. 
but then to, to complement it for their energy so that they can keep lifting heavy in the gym and have energy and everything. They're, they're adding carbs to it. And guess what? They're not eating a lot of, they're not eating a lot of fat. So they're carb cycling, they're changing how many calories and how many carbs they're getting in, in a day in terms of fuel in general, but they're not eating a lot of fat because they're forcing their body to pull that essential fat out of their fat cells to get the need met. And that's how they get smaller and smaller while they're still feeding their body without having to go into ketosis and things like that. Kind of want to wrap this up with, with, you know, don't believe me. You can look this up. You can search this yourself. You can look at the science yourself. I believe in this, not only because this is what bodybuilders do and they do it all the time and it always works. And it's a, it's a repeatable formula for them. If going into ketosis was always what worked, then I would always see bodybuilders doing it. There might be a few once, like I said, like athletes might be a few here and there that, but in general, that's not what the pros and that's not what the standard norm is when bodybuilders are getting ready for shows. Um, they might pull carbs out right before a show only to put them back in before they get on stage because it's the carbs that make them look really full and their muscles really plump out and look really good. So they're manipulating the carbs for a certain aesthetic look once they get lean enough. They're not pulling them out. They need the carbs in order to put muscle on. They need the carbs in order to have the athletic performance. So they're not going keto. They're not standing up there on stage like all in ketosis. Your muscles get shrunk and smaller. You need the water and the carbohydrate to make your muscles look nice and full. So that's the thing. If it worked for them and they're professional dieters, right? Then then the, if if the keto was the best way, then that would be what everybody does. And yet it's not. And so now we have some studies and some science that backs up what bodybuilders have been doing for decades. All right. So we've got a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine that found a high carb, low fat diet was associated with greater weight loss than low carb, high fat. So high carb, low fat, greater weight loss. Okay. And uh, what they found with the dieters that they randomly assigned one of the two diets, right? And after six months, those that had the high carbohydrate diet had lost an average of 13 pounds. And those on the low carb diet lost an average of four pounds. So that's a pretty big difference. And you never hear about that stuff. Here's another one. Another study in the Journal of American Medical Association found a low fat, high carb diet more effective for weight loss than high fat, low carb. Once again, this one involved 132 obese adults. They were randomly assigned the two diets after six months. The high carb diet, they lost an average of eight and a half pounds, low carb diet lost five. So, and, and I've got like six or seven other examples in the interest of time, I'm not going to go ahead and go through every single one, but I'm always happy to send out um, some of these studies to you. You're always welcome to email me, Angela at getfitwithangela.com. But basically study after study, after study, after study, that's showing even up to 80% carbohydrates, which I wouldn't even recommend because that's too low protein. But even if you had an 80% carb diet, you're actually losing twice the amount of body fat as people that are doing high fat diets, because you're getting so much more metabolic stimulation out of this. And here's the thing. Carbs are responsible for your thyroid. Carbs are responsible for a lot of hormone balancing along with fat. Carbs are responsible for your mood. Carbs are, are responsible for you sleeping. They help regulate your sleep cycles and things like that. So when you pull carbs out, a lot of people struggle with sleep. They struggle with being hangry or, or they struggle with moods or things like that. And it's unnecessary when we can just put carbs in their proper place and we can actually lose even more body fat, visceral body fat, the, the stuff that 
you know, makes your arms look lean and toned and stuff like that. You could be doing that far better with a high carbohydrate diet than with pulling all the carbs out. Now I'm a fan of flexible dieting. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we'll just eat all the carbs and eat as much as you want and just go crazy. You need to be doing it in a strategic way. And that's what I help my clients do as a macronutrition coach, um, either in my one-on-one programs where we sit down and we structure out how we functionally need to be eating and how that's going to look during the day and, and how to think about it and how to get yourself to do it, or whether you just need a plan and someone to give you your macros and someone to show you, here's what your split should be. Here's why what you're eating is not working. Eat this instead. Eat these numbers instead. Get these amount of calories instead. Um, eat this amount of grams of carbs instead. Either way, once we get your diet in the right proportions with the right protein first, and then we hang the carbs and then we hang the fat based upon that, then that's when you start to really see the changes and not just changes in your body with your weight and, and physically with your inches, but also changes in your energy. Hot flashes stop, PMS flat, uh, symptoms stop. Um, you start to, you can think better. You start to get the essential nutrients you've been needing, your, your mood, your sleep, all of these other changes happen inside your body at the same time because you need carbs to do all these things. And when people are taking them out, they're robbing themselves of all these other additional benefits. So it's not about the carbs. Carbs are not bad. Carbs are fantastic. They're wonderful. And when they get placed and paired the right way in your body with the fat, with the protein, and they all work together, that's when you're going to be able to experience the optimum health. Right now, I've got a 28-day quick start program, which is a perfect place to start. If you're kind of wanting to explore that and figure out, well, maybe I'm eating too many carbs and not enough protein and I don't have the right balance there, or maybe I'm eating too many carbs and too much fat and not enough protein. If it's your diet that's out of balance and you just kind of want to sample what, what working with a nutrition coach and a professional would be like, and I can help you put everything, all the pieces in the right place and help you implement it. That's the perfect place to start. My 28-day quick start program. It's four weeks. You get to work with me in a personalized program. I'll help you dial in your nutrition and I'll help you implement it for an entire month. And then you can see the difference. You can see what the difference is between what we do together and what you've been able to do on your own. So if that's something that would be of interest to you, you can find me on Facebook, on social media. You can email me. Um, getfitwithangela.com. That's probably the best way to get in touch with me. And I can give you some more details about that. Um, I just hope that this has helped you have permission to stop fearing the carbs, to stop fearing the bread, to even stop beating yourself up over eating a piece of cake. You can have all of those things. One is not per necessarily bad or eating a piece of cake or, or having even, you know, some candy or something like that. That's not necessarily bad. It's about putting all the pieces together so they all help each other. They all work together so you can have an occasional treat without it having to cost you because you've got the fat and the protein also in the right balance as well. And if you have questions about this and you want to talk further, feel free to get in touch with me at getfitwithangela.com. Thank you so much for listening.